You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Poker has embedded itself into high-stakes gambling cultures across the globe. After all, what's higher stakes than thousands of dollars floating around the table on the whims of a set of 52 cards assigned randomly, where the challengers attempt to bluff one another into thinking that they have the best assortment of said cards? It's really something. Of course, given the high-stakes nature of it all, poker has also led to its fair share of memorable characters, although perhaps none more fascinating than one woman— Alice Ivers Duffield Tubbs Huckert. And if you don't mind, I'm just going to call her Alice. Alice was an Irish immigrant born in 1851 who found herself in the Colorado Territory by the time she was a teenager. After her first husband died in a mining accident and she lost her job as a teacher, Alice turned to another form of financial support. Poker. It turns out she was really good. Like, really good. Before long, she had earned the name Poker Alice, and large crowds would gather to watch her play. Yet through it all, she never lost her values. She dressed like a respectable woman and refused to play poker on Sunday, the Lord's Day. Of course, she kept the 38 revolver with her at all times, too, just in case God wasn't paying attention. Gambling in the Wild West could, after all, get a little dicey. Through her exploits at the table, Alice began to live the good life. She earned as much as $6,000 some nights, equal to roughly $200,000 today. And that's when she began to indulge a bit. She'd take her earnings to New York, invest in high fashion, and build the image of a celebrity about her. A celebrity of humble beginnings, who had more than earned her stay in an unforgiving world. You might say she became something of a rags-to-riches hero, someone that defied all the odds, all the cultural and gender norms, and really became something of herself. She used her newfound sense of high fashion against the men so eager to draw cards with her, and even when she was in her 50s, she was regarded for her good looks and her charming demeanor. Although she was no stranger to the thick cigar either, and was frequently found puffing on one as she raked in the money of many an unworthy adversary. Given how much of her professional life was tied to the cards, her personal life became tied to the game as well. While working as a dealer at Bedrock Tom's Saloon in Deadwood, South Dakota, a drunken miner tried to attack her fellow dealer, Warren Tubbs. She chased the attacker off with her handy 38 revolver, and she and Tubbs struck up a relationship on the backs of this brush with death. They were married just before the turn of the 20th century and had four sons together. Unfortunately, Tubbs died of tuberculosis, and she had to turn back to poker tables to pay for the funeral. However, the life of a poker player in the Wild West was rarely complete without a trip or two to jail. 
For Alice, that came when she had opened up her very own establishment, the Poker Palace. She still upheld the Lord's Day, though, refusing all attempts at poker on Sunday. So when a few rowdy soldiers decided to defile the Lord's Day, Alice called her 38 revolver back into action and killed one belligerent soldier, as well as injuring another. And she passed her time in jail by doing two of her favorite things, reading the Bible and smoking cigars. At the trial, she claimed self-defense and was acquitted. In her 60s, Alice was arrested several more times for her role as a bootlegger, a madam, and a gambler. But she never stayed long, now receiving pardons due to her old age. When Poker Alice died on February 27th of 1930, she had amassed upwards of $250,000, roughly $3 million by today's standards. And all because she knew just what to do when the cards hit her hands, and how to use the weaknesses and, let's call them, dated beliefs of her adversaries. So long as she had her latest dress, her 38 revolver, and a cigar. And, of course, her Bible. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This episode is sponsored by Intuit. Here's a story for you. Once upon a time, a young woman was haunted by the ghosts of bad financial decisions, with credit card debt and an empty savings account looming over her every day. But when she tried to ignore these ghosts, they only grew bigger and scarier. And these ghosts of her bad financial decisions were stopping her from living her best life. So she decided to face them head on and take control of her finances with help from Intuit. Intuit helps you face your financial fears with confidence through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating 
Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. We have such a short amount of time on this earth before we leave. Our lives are made up of memories, of birthday parties and Christmases, of work days and weekends. And before we know it, the time we thought we had had all run its course. Yet one word runs through our lives like a thread, tying everything together for when we finally go. And that word is legacy. What do we leave behind for those who loved us? And who will remember us when we're gone? And how? The creatively minded might publish a book or record a song. Actors make movies. So do directors. And one director turned an entire genre on its head, changing it forever. He'll forever be remembered as the creator of the Spaghetti Western, with its grittier and more realistic visual style. Maybe too realistic. But let me explain what I mean. Sergio Leone started working in Italian cinema, assisting on films made in his native country during the 1940s before writing his own scripts in the 1950s. As he continued to establish credibility in the industry, he found himself assisting on American-backed productions that were filming internationally, like 1959's Ben-Hur. In 1964, though, he got a chance to direct a film all his own. It was a Western, one unlike any that had come before it. It was called A Fistful of Dollars, and it starred a relatively unknown actor named Clint Eastwood. Based on Akira Kurosawa's 1963 samurai film Yojimbo, A Fistful of Dollars told the story of a stranger who comes to a small border town and gets involved with the two rival families trying to control it. Leon's picture set itself apart from the westerns that had come before. Movies like Rio Bravo starring John Wayne had clean, somewhat colorful costumes and looked like a stage musical compared to Leon's tougher style. His characters entered the scenes dirty and unshaven. Their brown, dust-covered clothes weren't flashy or tailored. The good guys didn't wear white, and the bad guys didn't wear black. In fact, the idea of good and bad wasn't as cut and dried in these new westerns. There was a realness to Leon's films, and that added texture was reflected in more than just the costumes. The landscapes themselves felt three-dimensional compared to the studio sets of older pictures, mainly because he didn't shoot on a back lot much of the time. Leon filmed many of his early films in Spain. The backgrounds were rich with mountains and hills that seemed to go on forever, and the buildings looked like they'd been there for 50 years. In 1966, Leone extended that realism into what perhaps became the most iconic Western film ever made, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Also starring Clint Eastwood, the film tells the story of three men on the search for $200,000 in stolen Confederate gold back in 1862. The movie, like Leone's previous pictures, was filmed mostly in Spain. Its ragged scenery filled in nicely for the Civil War-era southwestern U.S., and toward the end of the film, the trio, played by Eastwood, Lee Van Cleef, and Eli Wallach, suddenly track down what they believe is the final resting place of the gold, in Sad Hill Cemetery, buried in someone's grave. 
Wallach makes it to the gravesite first and starts digging until he's caught up by the others. Eventually, the dirt is cleared away, and Eastwood's character kicks the lid off the coffin. Looking down, the men see that they have been fooled. There's no gold, just a skeleton. Now, most other directors would have had a prop department make a skeleton for the production, but Leone wasn't like other directors. He originally had a prop skeleton in the grave, but after some fiddling with it, still couldn't get it to look right on film. To him, it looked fake no matter how much dirt he threw on it. Assistant art director Carlo Leva did some digging, no pun intended, I swear, and discovered that a woman from Madrid had exactly what they were looking for. She was in possession of a skeleton that belonged to her mother. Actually, the skeleton was her mother. The daughter allowed the production crew to use her late mother's remains in the film, which is who the characters and the viewers see inside the coffin in that scene. But don't worry, she wasn't desecrating the dead in lending them her mom. The deceased woman had been an actor when she was alive, and her dying wish was to have her skeleton used in movies so that she could act, even in death. Her time on Earth may have been short, but her legacy will live on forever, immortalized in celluloid, in a classic Western film. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.